from him actually. Um, so uh, he, he's a, he was a wonderful preacher and he still is. Um, he says that the cross was God's idea. Jesus, as a person, submitted to the cross. Don't forget, Jesus is God in person, God with us, Emmanuel, and he's on earth as a human being, as well as being 100% God, and human being too. So as a human being, Jesus didn't particularly welcome the cross. In fact, he dreaded it. His agony, he was in such agony because he dreaded this cross. Uh, he, he, brought, he sweated blood, for blood falling to the ground because he was in such agony of, of the torture he was about to go through. When Jesus hung on the cross, he endured the most painful suffering of any human being in the history of the world. His suffering was both physical, psychological, spiritual. He suffered in every way when he went on that cross. But it says, the Bible says, but looking forward, this is in Hebrews, looking forward to the joy that was set before him. So in other words, he knew the end was going to be joy. He kept, it kept him going. He was determined not to give up before this work was accomplished. Jesus knew in advance he would suffer death by crucifixion and told this to his disciples. He also knew he had to fulfill the law to show that he was sinless, something nobody had ever done before to fulfill the law because every human being is sinful. And he promised his father he would do this. He had to be God's sacrificial lamb. As the time of his horrific death drew closer, he said, for this purpose I have come to do this how. To, to do this how. Father, glorify your name. Jesus endured loneliness while on earth. He endured silence. He endured pain. And he endured punishment. First of all, look at the loneliness Jesus endured. Yes, he attended vast audiences. There were a lot of people uh, listening to him. Yes, they wanted to make king, make him king. But this was for their own purposes. But the whole, everybody, all those people on Palm Sunday, last Sunday we were talking about Palm Sunday, thousands of people came, but they all deserted him, made him lonely. And on that day of Palm Sunday, only his disciples stood by him at the time. Judas Iscariot became possessed by Satan and betrayed him. Even his inner circle kept falling asleep at Gethsemane. He pleaded for them to support him with prayer, but gave up after three times. 
he concluded that not even one of his closest disciples would be there to comfort him. Sleep now and take your rest, he said to them. No hope of anyone going on the cross with him. No hope of anybody uh, comforting him. Peter had always tried to prove that he was the most faithful of all. Peter even denied knowing him. Indeed, all of Jesus' disciples forsook him and fled, nowhere to be seen, because they were scared, they were frightened, completely different people to after the, before the Holy Spirit came into them, and they were changed after the Holy Spirit came into them. Jesus' loud cries and tears in Gethsemane were directed to his father, who was the only one who could save him from death. He was totally devo devoted to his father, to his father's will. Avoiding his father's will to avoid suffering was out of the question for him. He did pray that if there was an, another way, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And the cup he referred to was the cross. This is the only way, God said to him, Father, this is the only way I have. There is no plan B. You have to go on the cross and you have to pay the price for everybody's sins. But he was he had these lonely times, but the loneliness would be even more intensified beyond all expectation. Even his father turned his back on him. So he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why did his father turn his back on him? Because holiness doesn't, has nothing to do with sin. And Jesus now had all the sin of the world on him. He was sin and the father couldn't even look at him. He endured loneliness. He endured silence. He had to be silent. One of the proofs that Jesus was perfect and without sin was his self-controlled, self-control with words. James, in the, in the book of James, it says, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. You're, so you're only perfect if you're not, never at fault in anything that you say. Jesus was tempted to sin right till the end. He was tempted to sin. The words were designed to make him lose his temper, were hurled at him. Satan motivated everybody from Herod to Pilate, from priests to the Roman soldiers to catch Jesus out with words. The chief priests mocked him at the cross. He saved others, but he can't save himself, they said. You who destroyed the temple and rebuilt it in three days, sell yourself and come down from the cross, they said. They hoped that Jesus would lose control of his spirits when they were mocking him. They were blindfolding him. They were beating him, making jokes. Who is it from prophesy? Who is it? Who was it that struck you? One unguarded comment or any retort that showed they succeeded in needling him, in winding him up, would have been a sin. And therefore, he could not be our perfect substitute or sacrifice if he, if he sinned. 
every other person has lost his temper. Even Paul the Apostle lost his temper many times. But Jesus never, ever lost his temper or grieved the Holy Spirit by any angry words. Jesus' reply to all that was said to him and what they did to him was silence. Silence. He fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, who said, like a sheep that before his shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. As for the Roman soldiers who nailed him to the cross, he looked to heaven and he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. He told his disciples to pray for their enemies and not just pray, to pray for their enemies that they would be blessed. In other words, Jesus was praying for these Roman soldiers who were putting nails into him on the cross that they would be, uh, they would be forgiven and to be they would be blessed. And because of that prayer Jesus did on the cross, there will be some, when we get to heaven, I expect we will see a Roman soldier there who actually put cross in Jesus' nail, in, in, in the nails in Jesus on the cross because he was forgiven by his Lord. There was another kind of Jesus, uh, silence Jesus had to accept. He couldn't explain to anyone why he let the Jews arrest him or the Roman soldiers to crucify him. After all, the week before he had raised Lazarus from the dead, only a few days before, he could have stopped the entire crucifixion. He could have called 10,000 angels to stop the whole plan of the Jews to kill him. Him being silent was also painful for him. He was feeling the pain of his mother standing there at the cross, not wondering what was going on. Why was it that his son had to be crucified when he did nothing wrong? He was feeling the pain of Mary Magdalene, who followed him and felt betrayed by him. Why is he going on the cross? Why is he dying? He's supposed to give us eternal life. They were grieving without being allowed the comfort of explaining why this, these things were happening. He, he suffered with loneliness. He suffered with silence. He suffered with pain. Crucifixion is regarded as the worst kind of pain ever devised in the minds of human beings. It's intended as a gruesome spectacle, the most painful and humiliating death imaginable. The flesh could be ripped off from the, from, from the whipping before they even started to crucify him. They would have these whips with jagged bones, lead at the end. They would flog him, flog him and, and tear the, his flesh. Five to seven inch nails, long nails were driven into his wrists in a way that caused very little bleeding because they avoided the radial artery. But it caused severe pain because it didn't avoid the nerves, the median nerve, which runs through the wrist. So 
no bleed, little bleeding, but severe, severe pain. Nails were driven into his ankles to extend the suffering. The one who was crucified had to continually to breathe, able to breathe, he had to pull himself up, up from the cross, push himself with his feet up so that he could use his intercostal mus muscles to breathe. And then the exhaustion of pulling up, he he gravity would pull him down again and he couldn't breathe again. He had to pull himself back up again to breathe again. And every time he pulled himself up and down on this rough wooden cross at the back, his back would be tearing with the, with the spikes on, on, on the wood. Gravity was his executioner. Gravity would pull him down so he couldn't breathe until he was so, so exhausted with, with the hanging, uh, the, the exposure from the, of the sun, the dehydration, the body hanging killed the person because they couldn't breathe anymore. The hymn says, we may not know, we cannot tell what pains he had to bear, but we believe it was for us. He hung and suffered there. He suffered loneliness, he suffered silence, he suffered pain, and he suffered punishment. Isaiah says, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, iniquity of us all. This took place the day Jesus was crucified. Between 12 noon and three in the afternoon, an exact moment when he who knew no sin, never having, having sinned once in his life, he be, not only he became sin, he, he took on every sin that the world had ever committed. Every little sin I had committed, you had committed, was taken on Jesus, the sinless one. And God, the Father, did this intentionally to his son. Imagine how much pain God the Father went through, his son now being sinful, full of sin. God punished Jesus for all the sins of the world. He punished Jesus for the punishment we were supposed to take. He laid on him everybody's iniquity, everybody's sin. And surprising as this may seem, Jesus as a person, it took him by surprise. Because now he's saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He doesn't understand as a person why God has suddenly, somebody who has been with from, from the beginning, always been with the Father, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit as one. Now the Father is forsaking him. Why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned your face from me? And if, when he turned, when God, the Father, 
Jews were separated from Jesus for those three hours from 12 to three, the world went into darkness. Because the world is dark when God, the Father, the Son and the Spirit are not as one. He knew undergoing crucifixion would be hard. He knew how painful it would be. He dreaded it. But was, what was so much harder was being separated from his father for the first time. For the first time, he became sin and his father had to turn his back on him because holiness has nothing to do with sin. Holiness and sin just don't go together. He even, for the first time ever, he even addressed his father, not his father, but his God. It was the most holy God punishing sin, not of just one person, but of the entire world. A once for all punishment for his justice. Now you could say, that's not fair. And yes, it's not fair. Jesus certainly didn't deserve it. He's the only human being in history who never sinned when he, as a human being. Yet, he took the punishment. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, God made Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. So you and I, sinful, suddenly, now, because we paid the price, we became righteous. We were righteous in front of God. God saw us as people who had, because we believe in Jesus, as people who had never sinned. All our sins were wiped away, like a teacher wipes away the chalk on the blackboard, it was wiped away, never to be remembered. Pure justice. It is why we have the Bible in a nutshell, because it says, in a nutshell, if you want to know the whole Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It took two things to satisfy God's justice because he's a just God. He cannot say, I forget it, I forget you, but you have to pay the price, and he paid the price. Jesus, the two things that satisfied God was a sinless life of Jesus, somebody who is sinless, and the shedding of the precious blood of Jesus. God can be merciful, and God is just at the same time. But he cannot be merciful until the justice is taken care of. Because Jesus satisfied the justice and wrath of God, his, his wrath and justice were poured out on Jesus so he can now be merciful to us. He's merciful to us. His life was sinless and he took sin on him so that our sins could be forgiven. And because of that, we have victory. At the end, Jesus shouted out, it is finished. In a 
in, not in a way oh, I'm dying, I'm finished, but in a way of loud, it is finished, I've accomplished what I came here to do. The English translation of the Greek, the Greek uh, word for victory, uh, translated to victory is tetelestai. It's an expression which was used in the ancient marketplace, meaning you've paid your price in full. If you bought something in the marketplace and you paid for it, they would say tetelestai, you've paid your price in full. Jesus paid the price in full for our iniquity, for our sin. He paid the price in full to make us fit for heaven, to make us just people. We get to heaven only through faith in Jesus and the blood is spilled on the cross for us. Yes, he endured loneliness. Yes, he endured silence. Yes, he endured pain. Yes, he endured punishment. But the end result is victory. And, and the proof of that victory is the empty grave. Hallelujah. Jesus was resurrected. The grave, the cold grave is empty. Only the, the, clo the, clo the swaddling clothes are left there. Jesus was risen. Death is beaten. Dead, we are victorious over death. Our sins are forgiven and praise God because of that, because I believe in him, we have eternal life. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Charles, for this beautiful message. The, the fact that we are living based on. Lord, thank you for this precious ransom that you paid for us. We thank you that you decided on the everlasting plan of God. You became flesh, you turned into human being, and you walked among us. You showed Father to us through your own acts, and you did what you were coming for. You finished the plan, and you saved us. For this salvation, we thank you. We praise you, we exalt your name. We kiss your feet. We want to be with you forevermore. So God, uh, bless us again. Let us walk with you. Let us understand you more than yesterday. Fulfill us with your spirit. We thank you for this beautiful message and your being. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Thank you so very much, everyone, for attending. Um, again, congratulations for this beautiful day. Um, this beautiful message just again reminded us how beautiful is our God, how gracious and how, how uh, uh, powerful he is. Let us not forget that we are his children. Uh, we became children through, the, through that cross. Looking at that cross gives us joy. In contrary to all the religions in the world, we joy, we rejoice in him, in his death. Even. 
So we are victorious over death. Amen. Bless you Amen. all. Thank you, Brother George. You joined us. We didn't say hello to you. Sorry. Happy Easter to you. And to you. Thank you. Sorry, I'm a little, I was late. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Good. Always right. good to see you. Lovely to be with you. Yeah. Thank you. Very nice. All right. Anyone wants to share any anything? Please do. If you want to pray, please do. Otherwise, we we let you go back to your family. Some of you. <laughs> Uh, we will have communion. Of course. Um, would you like to 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 lead us? Who well, would do that? Sorry. Are you going to lead us in communion? I can do. Yes. Yes. Okay. Jesus uh, wanted us to remember him <coughs> because he knows we are kind of as people we forget we forget so he wanted us to remember him and paul says he received this directly from the lord uh, he says the lord jesus on the night he was betrayed he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this bread is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me. And uh, if you have your bread, just break it. And remember that this represents God's body, which was broken for us, so we could be made whole. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So he wants us to regularly break the bread, drink the cup. And once he returns on the second coming, we won't need to do it anymore because we will be with him always. So let's together take the bread and together take it in. Remembering it's the body of Christ. Bread is essential to life, food, and body of Christ is essential to life. And the blood of Christ is essential to life because we take in Jesus Christ, we are taking in. Whenever you eat this bread and you drink this wine, remember me, remember me. Let's drink together.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you, you died for us. Your, your blood has been shed for us to, to wash our sins away. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. <coughs> Praise God. He says, do it in my remembrance, whenever we remember him. Amen. How valuable life was given for our sins. Amen. We take some money from someone and we feel that we owe them for the life because they saved us from some situations. And how big is the love of God? He's given his life for us on the cross. His blood and his body. Amen. His flesh Amen. for us. So there is no way we should be thankful to him. Amen. Thank Amen. Thank, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother George, would you like to pray to close the meeting? Please? Thank you. I'd be glad to. Thank you. <clears throat> Father, we thank you so much for uh, making uh, a way back to you, even though we have been born in sin and we've committed sin. And Lord, uh, you say that uh, all have sinned and fall short of your standard, Lord. And we're, uh, uh, we're sorrowful that... Uh, we have grieved you, Lord. We've uh, sometimes even done things consciously done wrong. And we, when we've known it's wrong, we've still gone ahead and done them wrong. But uh, we thank you, Lord, that your blood avails for every sin that we have committed and the punishment that needs to be paid has been laid on Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that we have new life and we live in Amen. the fact that, uh, Lord, you say that if any of us say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we thank you, Lord, that you have made us righteous through this precious sacrifice of Christ. Amen. Thank you, because of that, we not only have fellowship with you, Father, which is so wonderful, but we also have fellowship with one another, Lord, and we will live in the light, Lord, and that we'll walk with you, Lord. We'll walk in the truth of your sacrifice and your resurrection. Thank you that, uh, Lord, we're no longer pulled back by sin. We're not under any curse anymore. We're not under any, uh, uh, any any punishment. We thank you that we go free. And we thank you, Jesus, that uh, uh, you have won the victory for us and that you uh, are leading a victory train, Lord, whereby uh, you, uh, you, you, you show that we are victorious. And Lord, help us, Lord, to uh, bring your word to people to bring us good news that we are forgiven help us lord to uh speak into the lives of people lord that we know and uh, 
Thank you for this day, uh, Lord, of Easter, which renews our hope, which renews our commitment to you. And we just pray that you will give us all, Lord, every single one of us meeting here online, Lord, we pray that each one of us may have opportunities to share the good news uh, with those that we come into contact with. And we ask this in the name of your son, Jesus, and for his glory alone, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Charles. Thank you, George. Thank you very much. Thank you, George. Thank you, Matthew. You're welcome. Take care of yourself. All the best. Thank you very much. And next week, we hope that everything is well in your lives. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you.